AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome once again to Church of the Week program right here on AM 630 The Word. You know that I like reading the Bible and uh, I've been reading in the book of Joshua, Joshua is one of my favorite books, and uh, if you've heard the program, I've probably mentioned so many different books that are my favorite book, but uh, I love the Bible. What can I say? And in today's reading, I'm reading from chapter 14 of the book of Joshua. By this time, many people have already uh, don't remember the book of Joshua. They remember usually chapter 5 or maybe up to chapter 10, but when we get to 14, they're in the promised land. They're, they're, they're looking around, they're enjoying the land, but somebody is not satisfied, and that somebody is Caleb. And Caleb goes to Joshua, and he says, remember, remember the word of God. Remember the word that God gave the man of God, Moses, and remember what he told you, and remember what he told me. And, and I love that passage because we should always hold on to God's promises. We should always uh, hold on to everything God said, even if, even if we're in trouble or even if we're halfway there. We should not forget everything God said. If God said all your children, if he said, as for me and my house, and if he said that your whole house will serve the Lord and you only have three of your kids serving the Lord, hold on to the word. Because God's word will not return void. And so Caleb was there and he was living in the promised land, but he remembered God's word. And the word of God was that the entire place would belong to them. And the word actually was whatever you put your foot on, that that place would be yours. And so Caleb said, Josh, I'm ready for more. I'm old now. I'm, um, I was 40 when I first got the word, but I'm, I'm 80 something now, but I'm still as strong. And so I want to encourage you today, listener, uh, no matter how old you are, no matter how long it's been, hold on to God's word and remember that his word will not come back void. Hold on to it no matter how long it has taken. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, I'm in the studio, as you can tell, and I'm here with a man of God and, and a young woman of God, and I'm so glad that they're here with me today, uh, pastors of, pastor of Gates of the City in Kerrville, Texas, Pastor Bert. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Sure appreciate the opportunity to be here. Introduce for me your, your daughter as well, joining us today. Uh, our, my daughter, Rebecca. Uh, she's my third daughter. I have four daughters, and uh, she's my third daughter, and she's here with us. She's in the ministry, does all, all of our production work at Gates of the City, and so it's an honor to have her and a blessing to have her with us today. I, I love it when families come to the radio. Uh, I, one pastor came in with his uh, elementary school daughters, and they sat in the studio so quietly. They were amazed, and I was so happy. Uh, but don't sit quietly. I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to call on you, Becca, uh, to talk a little bit uh, during this interview. Uh, but, Pastor, tell me a little bit about yourself. I want to introduce you to our listeners. I usually, I usually have San Antonio pastors here, but I decided to branch out. And, and since we cover so, so wide an area, I figured why not, why not start calling on pastors outside of San Antonio? Hmm. And so you are in Kerrville. Uh, but before you got to Kerrville, there's a lot of years uh, of testimony. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Are you a PK? Were you born in church like I was? What, what's, give me a little of the backstory of 
past the Burt. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what a – I didn't used to know what a PK was. I thought maybe it was a popsicle or something. You know, I, I, I had no clue. But, no, I was not a PK, was not raised in church, knew nothing about God until I turned 18 years old. And, and uh, two months before my high school graduation, I got born again and – and uh, and my life changed, and it and it came out of some really difficult times. My parents had divorced when I was about nine years old, or, or they separated and eventually divorced a couple of years later. And so, I was pretty much on my own as a as a young person, and just kind of finding my way. And you know, you just out of default, you find your way into drugs and alcohol, and you know promiscuous life and and everything that's involved there just because there's not a lot of guidance you know i love my dad and he was a good man but he was busy with his life and the things that were going on i was living with him and uh, just you know just kind of made my way as i went you know so i had a lot of issues and stuff but i got born again when i was 18 and and really when i got born again i got born again one night um and from that day on, the word that I began to hear preached, I realized I'd been lied to all mm-hmm. my life. You really? know, nobody told me there was this other life. You know, and so as I began to walk that out and begin to understand the things of God, it just you know led me, and and things began to evolve. You know, from there. So that that experience was not just a from your lips out, because something changed in you. the 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 word you began to hear made sense. Uh, I love the way you put it. Uh, you realize everything else previous to that was a lie. Hmm. And and now the truth was coming into you. Yes. The light was coming into you. That's that's a great that's a that's a great analogy. I love I love the way you put that. Uh so you had that experience at at 18 and uh how was it between between the conversion moment and getting into a pastor, you becoming a pastor. Not everybody yeah. does that, right? 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 What What got into your head? What was that all about? Well, the the, the greatest thing, uh, uh, other than my salvation experience in life, was when at twenty years old I married my wife. You know, we've been married now forty two years. Uh, her name is Becky. She's the. I mean, I, I can sit here on the radio and actually cry thinking about, you know, what what a blessing she has been in my life. She saved my life. Mm. Jesus saved me. And then she did all the dirty work <laughs> to get me free of a lot of the stuff that I was in. And so that that was uh, the greatest blessing. But um, one of the, 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 the passion that I had was to know the word. And, well, I started going to church, and I was in a couple of different churches and, and just served for about eight or nine, ten, almost ten years. I served in churches, did everything that I could find to do because I so had a passion to know the word. I was in, in, in one stretch of time in a church that we were in. We were in five services a week on purpose. Yeah. And and I had two and then then Becca was born, three kids. We were raising three kids, working a full-time job about five and a half days a week and going to five services a week, you know. And we did that for a long time. But what I was after was the word. Yes. I wanted to know about God because the word is revealing to me who God really is, you know. I it wasn't enough just to be born again. I mean, mm-hmm. thank God for it. But it wasn't enough. Like like a passage of scripture that says Jesus wants us to come to the knowledge of the truth. Yes. And that's what happened with me is I came to the knowledge of the truth and and then one day 
I really began to see God showing me that I was going to pastor because I used to say for years, I don't know what I'll do, but I'm never going to be a pastor, you know, because <laughs> I didn't last I, words. I, I didn't like what I saw with, you know, with pastors. Not that they were bad. It's just from my vantage point, yeah. I didn't necessarily like it, you know. But uh, yeah, then 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 here I am. Yeah, those are those are usually the words of a pre-pastor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll never do that. Never okay. do that yeah. I'll see you here soon. <laughs> I don't got to be a prophet to, to know that that's, right. that man, that person will probably be pastoring probably soon. Pastor, yeah. uh, so, you know, it's, it's interesting, and we we're, were talking a little bit before we got on the air about uh, family. I, w- I would love for you to talk a little bit about family and ministry. Uh, your daughter's here. Maybe maybe Becca could, could even mm-hmm. uh, talk a little bit about that uh, because I grew up in church, and I grew up in, uh, in the holiness movement, in the charismatic movement. Mm-hmm. And we were in church. You said five. We were in church seven days a week. Wow. We would have been there more, but there were no more days. Wow. Uh, wow. So, and I tell people, don't feel sorry. You should, I, you know, don't feel sorry for us mm-hmm. because I learned how to pray there. Mm-hmm. I learned how to read the Bible there. Mm-hmm. I, I learned so much in that little storefront. I'm from New York. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in that little storefront in, in, in that church, we learned the basics and we learned the power that we were connected to. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if you see somebody in church five, six, seven, eight days a week, don't feel sorry for them. Praise God, because they're they're learning and they're doing. And, and I think part of what maybe society needs today is probably yeah. to be in God's presence more. Yeah. You know, so. Talk to me about raising a family in in a busy church environment. Yeah. So when um, you know in the in the early days when, when my children were little and we were serving in churches, you know, we did everything in the church, and so um, you know we, we never really thought about it being like you're saying. It, it wasn't like something we had to do; it's mm-hmm. something we wanted to exactly. do. You know, and and we gave that to our children the same way. Um, what we saw a lot of in in families is all these these don'ts. That they that they gave to their children. You don't do this. You don't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. And one of the things that that God really showed my wife and I, and, and really, again, I praise my wife over this because of the anointing on her life to really be objective about how to raise children. You know, I, I didn't I didn't see that. You know, and I didn't know anything about it because I, you know, because of the lifestyle that I came out of. You know, but as as she began to help me and the Holy Spirit began to show me how to raise our children, we gave them options along the way. You know, it was like you know they would come in and say they wanted to listen to this kind of music. Well, we'd sit down with them and listen to the music. And we'd talk about some of it, like, you know, okay, that's okay, but, you know, I, I don't like what this is saying, you know? Right. So we would teach them along the way instead of telling them, no, you can't listen to that because it's bad or whatever, you know? And I think I think that is the reason that all four of my daughters have a love for God, but they have a love for the house of God, for mm-hmm. the church of God. And, and they're all with us in ministry. You know, they, they have other jobs and things that they do, but they're all in ministry not because they have to be, but because they want to be. They've chosen to do that, to stay with us and, and be connected. Not, not everybody has family in ministry, and that doesn't mean that it's necessarily right all the time. But I, but I believe that we gave our children the option to choose other lifestyles even. you know, right. I mean, we're, we put the word in them, but if they don't make the choice to want to serve God themselves and they're doing it for us, it won't be real. 
you know. Mm-hmm. So I think in raising children in ministry, don't don't make it all about ministry. They need to have fun. They need to have preferences. They need to be able to tell you when they're young girls, you know, I, I like this guy. I think he's cute. I think, you know, I mean, you know, those kind of things. They needed to be able to do that with us so that we didn't say, nah, you know, he believes this and you can't do that. No, we gave them the ability to make their choices. And so I think that was key to raising kids that have a passion and a love for the things of God. Well, I'd love to hear from you, Becca, on yeah. and, and your experience growing up in church, and how was that? It was good. I mean, I think for any ministry pastor's kid, you're, you're under a different kind of scrutiny to, mm-hmm. to be a certain way. Um, but the way that my parents raised us when we were little is obviously different than how we interact as adults with them in ministry, but the foundation is the same. So when they were raising us, the foundation of everything they did was – always about the word it wasn't about them personally like this is we're not going to do this because we think this everything went back to the word so i was taught how to think critically based on judging my life against the word as a little kid and so as an adult i do the same thing and everything that they do in ministry to this day is the same way it's not we do this thing because of this everything goes back to the foundation of the word and so i've developed such a relationship and a trust in as an adult, to be able to compare my life to the Word, make life decisions, how do I interact with other people in ministry, everything goes back to comparing that to the Word of God. And so that is that is the foundation, and um, I think that's just been – that's what's that's what's allowed me to stay in ministry yeah. and, and still be there to this day. You know, the Bible says that uh, if, if you don't – if it's not God watching over, if it's not yeah. God that's building – yeah. Then the laborers labor in vain. They watch in vain, and sometimes it's it is that we we try to take that shortcut. Mm-hmm. Just do it because I said so, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 we don't take that extra step to show. Okay, this is why right. I do what I do, and this is why I'm advising you to do what I'm exactly. saying to honor your parents, not just because I pay the bills, but. There's a, that's the commandment with, with promise. Absolutely. You know, and so there, there, I think it, it, it behooves us to, to be able to take that extra step and that, and that, that more time and, and teach our children because then they'll, they get a sense of ownership and it's, I'm making the decision, I'm making the right decision mm-hmm. and I am honoring it and it is, and I will win. Right. And it, it will come up on top. So praise the Lord. I, I, it's, it's so good to see a family together worshiping in a, in a, a pastoral family. Uh, that is that is in the house and they're and they're there with smiles because mm-hmm. <laughs> we want to be exactly yeah. because we want to be so pastor uh let's let's transition a little bit to to the church uh where are you guys located tell me a little bit about about the church gates of the city yeah so we uh, our location is 410 benson drive in kerrville texas uh there's a there's a sculpture garden, a uh, massive sculpture garden with a big cross on, on top of a hill, and we're on the next hill over. Uh, we're actually uh, the tallest – we're on the tallest hill that overlooks the city of Kerrville oh, wow. uh, where our church is. And so, yeah, we're there, uh, and we've been – we've pastored uh, – actually, this summer will be 32 years that we've pastored this church. And uh, – and, and- so you've been there 32 years. Not that location, but okay, in the but town. That, but yeah. gates uh-huh. of the city. Right. So we started, we took over a church that was in, uh, the name was Oak Hills Bible Church. And it was ah, that okay. way for a few months. And we changed it to Conquest Christian Center. 
And so we were Conquest Christian Center until, I think, about 2001. And that's when we bought the property. Well, actually, in 1999, we bought the property. We have 122 acres wow. in, in, inside the city limits of Kerrville that are right there on, on Interstate 10. It, it, the, we're right, the frontage road is right at the front of our yeah. property. So, um, we, but we've been, uh, we bought it in 1999. The building, we got in the building in 2011. We got in it unfinished. City allowed us in unfinished. And so it's been a work in progress yeah. ever since, you know. So, uh, yeah, but, we, but we've been in the building since 2011. So this is our 10th year anniversary in September. We, uh, our first day in the building was 9-11-11. Wow. <laughs> the day that some buildings came yeah, down, you know, yeah, previous you guys, years before. And that day a building went up and we've been to the glory of God. Yeah. And so how how was the process? It's been it's been uh, ten eleven years or oh, ten years, right? Ten years, yeah. So uh-huh. uh, you you guys have finished the building. You well, we're n- still not finished with the building. You know, still a work in progress. We we had some complications, you know, in 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 the beginning of it when we first got in there, and so it it kind of stunted our our growth yeah. a little bit for for a number of years but we got past that and things are going really really well and so we're in the completing stages of it we're actually putting a brand new sign up in the front of our building uh, or our property and should be up in probably the next month or two uh, but, but so. I, I think it's so interesting because i've been to the cross at Kerrville, mm-hmm. and uh it's a beautiful place and so what you're telling me is go to the cross mm-hmm. and just keep on going <laughs> On the frontage road. On the frontage yeah, road. Yeah, and you'll see gates of the city about a half a mile up on the right-hand side. Oh, that's great. Yeah, That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I, I believe, I believe when people connect with a the pastor, they will travel. Mm. And so I, that's why I'm, I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you here today because I think people need to hear from your heart. Mm. They need to hear from, from this ministry. <clears throat> and it's not that we need another church. I mean, mm. yes. We do as many churches as possible, open up and glorify God and be hospitals in this city. Uh, but I think people need to connect with with the heart of, of the leader, of mm. the pastor, mm. and, and be able to, to work and to invest and to sweat and to, and to just get in there and do and, and invest into what God is doing. And I want to introduce people to different places that they could connect with them, even if they have to travel uh, to Kerrville mm. uh, to do so. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, you guys, I, I, can't, I can't not mention this, uh, you guys are on KSLR yeah. every Sunday at, uh, at 2.30. Right. And uh, I'm so glad that you guys are here. So I want to invite your listener uh, every Sunday, uh, probably a little bit after this, this program airs, just stay on. And, and listen to, to Pastor Bert and, and the sermon at 2.30. Uh, but, Pastor, with your, with your testimony, not growing up in, in church and uh, not being a PK, and, and it, it took 18 years uh, for, the, for the Lord to, to, to get you, mm-hmm. um, won't you tell somebody today that perhaps is struggling, that perhaps is losing patience, and maybe, maybe – what Caleb and Joshua, that conversation in Joshua yeah. chapter 14, uh, how they could hold on, encourage somebody today on, on how they could just hold on to God's Word. Yeah. I, I love that story that you told in the beginning about Joshua and Caleb. That's a, that's a classic story. I yeah. love it. You know, and every time you read it, you get more out of it. But <clears throat> what I want to say to just the listening audience today, something that <clears throat> is really become my whole life, you know, in – 
living in the kingdom of God. You know, the kingdom of God is God's way of thinking and operating. It's the way he thinks. Well, when we get even when we get born again, our thinking doesn't change. We have to purpose to see our thinking change. We have to renew our minds to his word and his way of thinking. And and to me, what is so vital about a walk with God and being able to overcome the obstacles and the things of, of life is understanding what Jesus left us. He didn't leave us himself, per se. He left us the third part of the triune being, and that's the person of the Holy Spirit. Yes. You know? And in Scripture, um, especially like in John 14, they talk, it, uh, Jesus talked about this coming uh, second helper. <laughs> he said, I'm going to give you another helper. In other words, Jesus was the first helper, mm-hmm. but he said, I'm going to give you this other helper. I think the King James uses the word comforter, but when you define that word out and you boil it all down, it's he's the helper. Yeah. And and the Holy Spirit's not the doer. He's helps you do. You know? And and I, I have to say, and, I, and without exaggeration, I'll say this, I think Bar none, the greatest revelation that I ever got in my life is that I need help. Yes. <laughs> I, I just absolutely need help. I can't do this life on my own. Jesus didn't intend for us to do this life on our own. He gave us this helper to help us, you know, and it said he would the, – the Amplified Bible tra- uh, translate one of those verses that he's our – he'll be a comforter. He'll be an advocate. He'll be a standby. You know, he'll be like an attorney on your behalf. He'll, he'll do everything for you if you allow him to help you, you know. Uh, people out there that are struggling raising children. He won't raise your kids for you, but he'll help you raise your kids. Yes. People that are, you know, dealing with issues in their life, you know, struggling with fear and those kind of things. He won't he won't remove the fear, but he'll empower you to resist the fear. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people might disagree with me on that, but you know, the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's in the fullness, but he said he's given authority to the sons of men, to the sons and the daughters of men. Yeah. To, to, to us, we have the authority to resist those things, not in our own ability, but in his strength and power that he gives us and reveals to us by the person of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's not just some thing floating around out there. He, he's a he. Because he calls the Bible calls him he the Holy Spirit right. the person he is a person inside of us that is one with our spirit empowering us to be able to co- overcome all the obstacles and the issues and the things that we face in life so today I'm just here to say you know encouraging you today if you're struggling in life you're struggling with your children you're struggling in other areas of your life you learn to understand and to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and he will help you to overcome in every Everything that you face on a day-to-day basis. I think there's a, a difference between surrender and giving up. Mm. And a lot of times we think it's one and the same. God, The Lord asks us to surrender to him, and he doesn't ask us to give up. In other words, I'm, I'm trying to get to where you are. Mm. Uh, where, when, when we surrender, we still have a fight to fight. We still have a journey to walk. You know, which was Caleb yeah. and Joshua. Yeah. Right? Caleb, Caleb's, Caleb's conversation with Joshua was not to complain, was to say, Joshua, let me fight. Hmm. Let me fight for that mountain. Mm-hmm. It belongs to me. God's mm-hmm. word said it's mine. I just want to go fight for it. Mm-hmm. 
You know, so Joshua, Caleb didn't say, well, could you send some angels? Could you send somebody? He says, no, I'm going to go and I'm going to fight and I'm going to take what belongs to me. And and we all have children and we have ideas and dreams and passions and, and callings. Uh, and a lot of times we misunderstand the surrender and we give we give up and we say, oh, well, it'll happen when God says, no, God already said, mm. now you have to go out mm. And kill that giant, mm-hmm. you know. Now you have to go out and throw that rock. Mm-hmm. You got you got to go out and and bend your knee and 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 pray and fast and do whatever it takes to make sure what got what that thing that got put in your heart comes to pass. Mm-hmm. We, there was a song that we used to sing, and and I loved the song. But now I'm thinking about it, I think it's 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 what probably was not right because the song said, "If he said it, I believe it is going to come to pass." Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and and then that song teaches us to just sit back, fold my hands as well. If he said it, I believe it. It's going to happen. I'll just be here as a spectator and and watch it come to pass. And I don't think that's the teaching. Come on. It has to be. If he said it, I believe it. Let's go fight. Come on. Mm. Let's let's go get what God said. And and if and if he said by his stripes we are healed. I mean, there's not much left to interpretation there no that's so good let's lay hands on the sick and and let's pray and let's believe by faith that god will heal and so uh thank you pastor pastor bird thank you becca for coming and being on uh church of the week this week is my honor my privilege and listen i want you i want you to stay on the air uh stay on leave your dial right there and listen to pastor bird is coming up in 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 an hour and a half he's coming up and so listen to pastor bird uh, they're just up the street. It's not that far. Kerrville is not that far. <laughs> one, one hour. One little hour. One hour, yeah. And there's probably a Whataburger on the way. <laughs> At least two. <laughs> you can stop and get a burger and get some fries and go to church. Uh, uh, what time is your service? Tell us about the, the details of the service. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sunday mornings at 1030. Is, we have, because of the size of our building, we, we don't have multiple services. So um, Sunday morning, 1030, and then Wednesday nights at 7. All right. Yeah. So thank you, Pastor Bird. Thank you, Becca, for thank joining you. us. Uh, and uh, San Antonio, get to church. And if you can't find a church in San Antonio, there's one in Kerrville waiting for you. God bless you guys. Hey, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com.